right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Run CMB podcast. I got my boy Chris Thomas with me. What's up, world? We got uh, Manubu with me again. And your boy B, Brandon Dyer here. And, you know, usually we like to start with the uh, first 16, talk about things that are going on in the industry before we talk about certain artists, albums, you know, what's hot, what's not, so on and so forth. But, of course, we are recording this on June 1st. And obviously, you know, over the past four or five days, you know, the U.S. has gone through another tragedy, but a tragedy that I think has hit harder than any that we have witnessed in our lifetime anyways. Um, and it's reverberated around the world. Um, and with the protests and everything else going on, we just felt like it was an appropriate time to talk about um, the George Floyd instance, incident and the repercussions of that. And of course, we, we will tie in some hip hop um, because hip hop has been talking about this since the dawn of hip hop. And um, and we will talk about some of those subjects that the hip hop heads of old and even today talk about. But we felt it's important as three black men who are just trying to make it in this world, um, talk about what's going on in society today, how we feel, um, how the music ties into the things that we are seeing, that we're feeling. And um, yeah, man, it's just so much to dive into. Uh, so I'm gonna kick it off to my boy Chris and Chris, man, just, it's hard to say like, what are your thoughts? Cause I know there's so many that go through your head, that go through all of our heads. Um, but I, I guess the first thing, let, I mean, we should, I, I feel like we should start with the video, right? Yeah. So when the video comes out and we see police brutality at its finest, what, was, what were your initial thoughts? Man, we go again. Uh, that was my initial thought. It's and not to immediately go off on a tangent or anything like that, but to, to the people out there who are watching these protests and they're seeing the, the aftermath of, of it, um, this isn't just due to George Ford. Uh, uh, rest in peace to him. Um, and hopefully the four officers involved are not just arrested, but charged and convicted and sentenced and sent away for a considerable amount of time. But this is cumulative. This has been uh, a buildup of things. And I think it's what caused this to initially boil over was that it came on the heels of two other uh, incidents. And yep. it just kind of, it became too much. Uh, had this been isolated in and of itself, don't get me wrong, I think we'd still be out there protesting. But I think the, the violence that you see and the, the inability to control emotion is because this was three incidents kind of packed together on top of you know year after year after year, going back decades even to our parents and their parents. Yeah. Um, we know about those incidents. So yeah. it's it was just a... Uh, it just all became a little too much all at once. That that was my initial response. Matt, what was your response? Uh, I mean, just hurt, sad. Anger was there, but mainly just sad, just hurt. Um, I mean, I'm just surprised that I'm not. But that's the thing. I'm not surprised, but I'm surprised it's still happening. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess I never want to see violence being the, the answer, but I mean, sometimes it, it's understandable. I would say just to see people's frustration come out in that, that Avenue. And so the whole, yeah, the whole event, the whole weekend was really just thinking about that kind of stuff and thinking about myself and roles that I played in that roles have been played on me how I interact in the world, how the world interacts with me and just trying to move forward from it. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy because now, um, you know, I think Will Smith came out with a quote. I don't even know if it's new or if it's an older quote, cause I think I had seen it before, but, um, where he basically said, racism isn't new it's just being filmed now right so between the Ahmed Arbery situation um and the situation you know with uh George Floyd you are seeing it and witnessing it for the first time since really Rodney King I mean I think you know we have a lot of instances throughout even the last five six years where these have been recorded, you know, the Philando Castile incident was one that really shook me as his girlfriend was recording um, the whole incident on Facebook Live. Most definitely. And I remember I ran into a black female officer around that time and I asked her what her thoughts were. And, you know, her and I had a good back and forth conversation. And I actually started thinking about, man, should I get on the force to kind of bridge the gap? Because there's clearly, you know, a gap there that is not being filled in. Um, But the George Floyd situation, it was, it was, I think it was the first time that we saw something that the officers could not back out of. Yeah. Right, because every every time we've seen an incident like this, there has been a reason that the officers have given, which has gotten them off. Right, and Chris mentioned, um, you know, the charges being brought up, um, and I have yet to really give that any credence because every time, not every time, but many times, officers have been charged, but have yet to really be found guilty in a punishment that is of the level of the crime they've committed. And and I think the other thing that really is crazy about the George Floyd case is the nonchalantness of the officer. Right. In the video? Yeah. Yeah, In the video. And he's just sitting there, hands in his pockets, Mm -hmm. right. Clearly knows that he has a situation under control or his hands would not be in his pockets. Um, and even as George Floyd's body goes limp, he still stays on top of him, rolls him over like he is just a carcass before um, being dragged onto the um, the gurney. And man, and man, like you said, it was it's shock, but it's like not. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right? I think the biggest thing for me and the shocking piece was just like you said, the lack of humanity. That was. Yeah. It was like he wasn't dealing with a human. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone kind of got that. Like there was no get out of jail card in this one. There was no like, ah, this could have had, oh, this. Exactly. Like, uh, all I saw was someone kill somebody. What's what's unsettling too is all these 
black individuals who are losing their lives at the hands of law enforcement. Uh, it's for the most ridiculous of circumstances. Like we, we've had instances where white offenders have, it's been known that they just killed several people and they're still potentially armed. And yet somehow the response to them is considerably more gracious than it is for us for loose cigarettes and fraudulent checks like how right. is it and not to say even in those instances uh, should we be killed but how is it that the response is so much more violent than it is when loss of life has been confirmed and there is an armed and dangerous threat and somehow you guys are able to resolve that peacefully but we lose our lives like it, it just it, it makes no sense yeah yeah no i, I mean i think you know, I'm assuming you're referring to um, mass shootings, right? Whenever it yeah. seems, for the most part, it seems like these mass shootings, either the uh, perpetrator kills himself or he comes out alive, mm-hmm. right? R- rarely has there mm-hmm. been an instance where we've seen a mass shooter who is armed and dangerous at the time, um, you know, be shot and killed by an officer. Um, one of the things that's been scary to me, and I don't know if you guys have seen this, but lately there has been videos circulating on the internet where people are recording um, black men being arrested and being surrounded by officers with guns raised. And the panic and fear that you see in these gentlemen is something that has given me anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's just so hard to watch because I think one of the biggest issues is like we see ourselves in those instances. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, it's just it's. And I think it goes back to the empathy, sympathy thing. People who can't empathize, don't sympathize all the time. Right. Like knowing that every time we could get pulled over, like Philando Castile reaching for his wallet, Mm -hmm. telling telling the officer. And I say this all the time. The, the Constitution nor the laws were made with us in mind, and they still are not applied to us applicably to, you know, our white counterparts. Um, because Philando Castile told the officer he had a gun, a registered gun. He tells the officer that he's reaching for his wallet, and the officer says, don't reach for your gun and shoots. Oh, go ahead. I didn't want to interrupt your thought, Brandon. No, no, no. I was just going to say, like, in that instance, what is Philando Castile to do? Yeah. Yeah. Right? He does, he does everything that the the law says to do, and he still pays the price for it. Yeah. Well, well that's what got me today was, I mean, obviously, we don't want to lose our lives regardless. Um, and it comes at the hands of police, and you, you then think to yourself, and you've seen it. Uh, parents having conversations with their kids. This is how you respond when officers pull you over. Um, kind of, you know, how not to die at the hands of an officer. But it's not just the officers that are killing us. Uh, it's, it's civilians. It's, it's Zimmerman and what happened in Georgia. These people are skating on this. And it's like, okay, we can't we can't walk around on eggshells with everybody. Like, and, and they're not facing justice. That's what's, that's what's disgusting. Like, if, if a life were to be lost and then it was handled accordingly in court, uh, and those people are sentenced to prison and jail. Granted, that doesn't bring a life back, but it's it's something. 
Yeah. Everybody's getting off. And that's what's scary is the fact that I could lose my life and nobody's going to pay for it. Yeah. That's what's scary. Yeah. It sets the tone for sure. Yeah. And, and, it, and too, it, it, like we mentioned, the nonchalant attitude of the officer, when you know there's no repercussions mm-hmm. for your actions, right. that's exactly that's, how you act. That's yeah. what that tone looks like when it's yeah, been set exactly. over yeah. and over. It's like, well, I'm doing my job. Yep. yep. And I'm going to get away with this. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the whole, the whole psyche of that is mind blowing to me. Yeah. I don't even know how you would begin to break that down. Even if you would ask, like, I mean, what, what can those guys say for themselves? Yeah. No, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. And the self-defense law to me is something that needs to be looked at as well, because, um, that's what's going on with the Ahmed Arbery case. Um, that's how Zimmerman got off. Um, you know, this whole idea of can you shoot somebody as they're approaching you in open street and yet there's no evidence of that person approaching you like Trayvon Martin, um, Mm -hmm. you know, um, in a confrontational manner initially anyways. And then Ahmed Arbery, there's the whole thing of of who initiated the self-defense. Well, to me, if somebody pulls a gun on you, uh, right as you are minding your business then yeah you are you are going to go into self-defense mode right it's either fight or flight at that point but yet somehow people are saying that uh because Ahmed Arbery attacked somebody with the gun first um that those those gentlemen were acting in self-defense so they had the right to to shoot him. wow yeah, that's ridiculous yeah that's crazy yeah, I mean, it's disgusting. And then we also talk about, to me, I think one of the issues is, um, you know, the the officers, I keep hearing this argument. Um, well, I don't keep hearing it. I've seen this argument that people say, you know, black lives don't matter to black people when black people shoot other or end other black lives. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Um, one, I don't think that's true, but yeah, that's absurd. Yeah. Um, but I also think there's this thing where officers are taking lives, but they're supposed to have their, their job is to serve and protect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, their so, job should be to dismantle, um, you know, conflict, resolve it, yeah. not escalate it. Exactly. And I think. Over the last decade, we've definitely seen some sort of, I mean, I hate to be a conspiracy theorist or whatnot, but man, there's been like some sort of like directive to militarize the police force or something. Oh, they definitely has. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just uh, seems like it's escalated though. I was watching some documentary, uh, and I apologize for not remembering the name, but basically they were talking about how several police uh, forces throughout the nation all go to this specific type of training. And that training is very military oriented. Yeah. It's very much teaching them like whoever it is that you're engaging is an enemy, not necessarily yeah. a citizen, not necessarily somebody you're supposed to protect, yeah. somebody who you could potentially have to take down. Um, and that's how they're going into these confrontations. I don't even want to call them confrontations because they don't turn confrontations until they make them. So yeah. um, into these interactions is a better way to put it contact these individuals and when you know your rights and you stand for them yeah. um, they respond negatively yeah 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 it's interesting man 
Yeah. And interesting yeah. and not a good way. And, you know, I mean, and you see armored vehicles, police vehicles, armored police vehicles in military gear. Um, and we're seeing a lot now in these in these protests. And these protests, man, I can't wrap my head, head around what's truly going on. Uh, because, we, because we have three things going on at once, right? So we have peaceful protests. Yeah. We have people of Antifa who are trying to escalate these protests to pass um, left, you know, left-wing ideals in a in a very radical way. And then there are reports and um, proof of reports that you have far-right individuals who are invading these protests, setting things ablaze, um, causing violence so that they can make a movement like Black Lives Matter seem yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen that and I can really, especially these days, I mean, there's the back and forth between fake news. That's just the next step of fake news. Mm-hmm. It's to delegitimize a peaceful protest. And you, you've seen, I mean, it's hard to say, like, I haven't been at one of these protests to actually witness it with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. And that's something over the weekend I was definitely contemplating and thinking about my role and where I could help out and where I should be a part of. I mean, we'll get probably into that a little later, but I definitely to touch on your point, Brand, I've heard that. And I kind of wanted to put eyes on that just to see it myself. Yeah. I, I'd be curious about that too. Although um, I'll probably give an unpopular opinion. Um, uh, I mean, salute to, to everybody out there who's peacefully protesting. Uh, but I think we've seen throughout history, I'm granted it's made some change, but it maybe hasn't made enough change. Yeah. Like I was talking about at the beginning, this is cumulative. So when you've been to probably several of these peaceful protests or your parents have told you about being in several of these peaceful protests, and you still see what you're seeing and you realize, man, maybe peaceful protesting ain't working. Yeah. It boils over and you may respond in a violent nature. And I hate to say it, like violence begets violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that you can kill us, but we're supposed to march and uh, salute in unison it's crazy like the, the, the turn the other cheek days those are gone like that that's got to stop if, if we got to be peaceful y'all got to be peaceful and yeah. again i'm not justifying violence but like uh chris rock said back in the living color but i understand <laughs> <laughs> there you go finally a joke we need a joke <laughs> yeah i hear that chris i mean yeah it's different out there um and yeah, every like for us to be summarized as a monolith too, that's tough because it's like where that's fifty states, man. <laughs> there may be one state that has having a little bit more tension with the police than others. Yeah, sure we clearly have seen. Apparently, Minneapolis just has a long history of this, mm-hmm. which I didn't really know about. And so, this stuff kind of starts popping up. It's like as to why I wonder why there's violence, and it's like yeah, there's mm-hmm. violence because yeah, you you started off peaceful. And then yeah. when rubber bullets are firing at you, yeah. what are you supposed to do? Yeah. Well, yeah, there's, so there's two points I want to make. Uh, like, and I posted this on Facebook. <clears throat> um, when someone is hurt and they approach you and you act defensively, then that ramps up the tension in the room. And I'm yeah. talking even on an individual basis. Yeah. yeah. When someone is hurt, and approaches you and you act out of respect and sympathy and empathy, 
then you can start having conversations and working towards progress. So when a group of people are marching that are hurt and scared and officers come out in these militarized vehicles in riot gear with guns drawn out the bat, bat, then tensions are going to rise right away. But I will say what we have started to see, and we saw a little bit over the weekend, which seem to be the more peaceful protests are when the officers join the rallies, right? We've seen officers join some of these rallies. We've seen some officers take a knee. We've seen officers hold banners. And these protests seem to stay at peace, right? (laughs) The other thing I wanted to make, going going to Chris's point about, you know, the protests of of our, you know, grandmothers, essentially, is those were not peaceful. Right, Martin Luther King marched in peace, but the police um, and the and the dogs and the the hoses that were brought out oh, were yeah. not peaceful protests. Like those were not peaceful opposition. Yeah. Right, they were met with violence. So people keep saying like peaceful protests, peaceful pro- peaceful protests. Like there's there's been very few peaceful protests that have made any kind of ripples in society. And we have, and I'll never forget this is. Um, when Baltimore marched for peace for three days and CNN covered it as like a sub, like, like a B reel, mm. it wasn't until Baltimore turned into a riot that everybody was out there in full force, all the news outlets were covering it. Yeah. And so that kind of goes to Matt, your point earlier about media coverage and, you know, pushing out certain things like there are plenty of peaceful protests out there, but the media is not pushing that. Um, It doesn't get the eyeballs. It doesn't get the ratings. And it hurts the cause, ultimately, at the end of the day, because you have people saying you should march peacefully. Well, we're doing that, but you're not seeing it. And so the violence is what's getting shown. And sometimes it's hard to say, to Chris's point, it's hard to say if that's helping or hurting anything. I mean, I get it. Um, And sometimes that's what you got to do, I guess. And that's, think, where we're at with some you know, areas that are in boiling point situations. Yeah, I did see something very interesting with uh, Killer Mike today. Yeah, um, that if you talk about his news conference, that yep. was mm-hmm. that was impressive. Yeah, um, and that kind of just ties us back to hip hop, really. Because um, yeah. Killer Mike's been kind of preaching that for a bit, and you know, when I was listening to that that speech, it was I was like, wow, that, that's perfect. That's exactly what we need to hear. Um, that's what leadership looks like. That's weird. I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah. Someone jumping out there. <laughs> the huh, that's weird. Somebody calming the waters? Yeah, yeah that's weird. <laughs> 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 so I was really impressed with Killer Mike today. Um and he's been he's been doing that for a while. And yeah. I think the interesting thing about Killer Mike is he is one half of Run the Jewels. Um, you know, he's got probably the when you look at him on paper those two look like they would never get along and be a part of the same cause. And yet they are. And that's a hundred percent what this country kind of needs a little bit. I would love for killer Mike to have like a, a local office. Like he, he'd be, yeah. he'd be good for like mayor. I mean, yeah, if, I think if he, any of his potential voting pool, watch the trigger warning. They might not vote for him, but <laughs> you got a lot, yeah, of, ideas. Say, he's, a lot of ideas that killer Mike. <laughs> 
You might need an LP to just to rein them in a little bit. You know? <laughs> There's a good balance there with those two. No doubt, no doubt. But yeah, the way he spoke too, uh, very articulate, very emotional, yeah. uh, very powerful, very respectful still. Yeah. Uh, Concise, got the point across. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, it was well done. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, and this is a perfect segue into hip-hop's role and not only necessarily this instance, but throughout time, um, you know, early hip-hop, when you go all the way back to NWA's Fuck the Police, right? And that was something that hit mainstream, you know, Congress got involved, um, all kinds of local officers or um, law officials got involved. But it's it's interesting because you wonder if people are really listening to what's being said, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of what that song was saying was about injustice in Compton and California. It was about racial injustice, and there, and it was about what we're talking about now uh, was about police officers targeting black folks who are just trying to mind their business. And and getting inequalities in the court of law. Yeah, you know what's unsettling is um, when we. And I granted, I think the world kind of determined that we were going to be talking about this today. But when we put it out there and said, "Yeah, this is what we're going to talk about," and listening back in like NWA and, and Public Enemy and some of those other artists is how they haven't lost. Uh, their relevance like it's crazy to think that what they were rapping about then still holds weight now um, and that's, yeah. that's sad is the only word that I can think of it's just sad and I think that maybe part of what played into is maybe like you wouldn't think that that would be the case um, you would think that what they were talking about that the situation would improve but yeah just going years back ago. And listening to it yeah yeah exactly like how is it that we're still fighting the same battles um, yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah, I I had that roller coaster of emotion this weekend, and that's yeah. I was left feeling hopeless for a little bit. Mm. Specifically Saturday morning, I was trying to get going, and it was just like I can't get going. Nah. Yeah. Then I put on most death black on both sides, <laughs> and there's a there's some parts in there that made me feel like I wasn't alone. Like, okay, I get this. Yeah. Someone else understands, pinned the way I feel, yeah. so I I can keep going. I can do yeah. it. So to Chris's point, I want to read, I specifically brought up Public Enemy's Fear of a Black Planet album. Wow. Yeah, Uh, um, yeah, so Public Enemy, obviously, you know, they were one of, I mean, basically all of their albums talk about injustices, right? (laughs) Um, And they were able to make a, they're probably one of the few artists to really dive into that album in and album out. And being able to make a great name for themselves, obviously one of the you know godfathers of hip hop. But I'm I'm gonna read. So they have 18 or excuse me, 20 songs on this album. This album, to Chris's point, is from 1990. Fear of a Black Panther. I'm gonna read the the title of every song that's on here. Uh, contract on the World Love Jam. Brother's gonna work it out. 911 is a joke. Incident at 66.6 FM. Welcome to the Terror Dome. Meet the G that killed me. Polly want a cracker. 
anti-nigger machine, burn Hollywood, burn, power to the people, who stole the soul, fear of the black planet, revolutionary generation, can't do nothing for you, man, Reggie Jacks, leave this leave this off your fucking tra- charts, B-Sides wins again, we're at 33rd and one-third, final count, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, final count on the, on the collision between us and the damned, and um, fight the power. So in 1990, Public Enemy is talking about social consciousness, right? And conscious rap. And so, you know, I think a lot of the hip hop that we listen to now has a lot of conscious rap to it. And Public Public Enemy was doing this in 1990. Like you said, you you can listen to those songs right now and related to something that happened over the weekend. Yep. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, it's it's something that hip hop has been trying to tell us for forever, for forever. But yet, when their voices get put out there, it gets misinterpreted. And I mean, I'm a you know, we're not stupid, right? These hip hop artists, they do glorify a lot of things that maybe shouldn't be glorified. Um, but at the same time, a lot of them are talking about things that they've seen and continue to see and are trying to educate people on. Um, I mean, Tupac, right? I mean, yeah, <laughs> me against the world. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of cuts on that album that I was just listening at the other day, just out of the blue. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of. I would have to go through kind of like what you did. I didn't come prepared with a track listing, but I mean, if we go through some of those tracks, it'd be like, yep, that's very applicable today. Yeah. yeah. He's definitely probably one of the most notable artists that, yeah. uh, and granted, I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Um, and I don't know who's to blame for that, but uh, he definitely was really speaking to our uh, conditions, uh, especially in the yeah. unnoticed uh, neighborhoods. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, much like yeah, that was the one thing I always noticed about Tupac's music, especially earlier on. It was stories, and he was speaking from not Tupac's perspective. It was from you know all these various stories, but typically black people, um, black women, even you know, Brenda had a baby. Yeah, you know, just different perspectives. He was a hell of a songwriter, and he definitely yeah. captured the black experience very well. No doubt. Well, Matt, like you said, you caught that early on. And I want to dive into that a little bit because I feel like even myself, because I feel like a lot of my favorite artists are conscious rappers, right? Mm-hmm. If you like J. Cole and uh, K. Dot, um, Wale, yeah. and even, you know, <laughs> and we'll talk about, you know, some songs we need to listen to for the week, but Crooked Eye, right? Like he... yeah. <laughs> I mean, I listened to one today, and I was like, "Yep, that's." I don't know if he had a. He was. He made, did he write this today? That's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. Did he write this today? <laughs> exactly. But I think it took me some time to kind of catch on to that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm looking for the right question to throw you away, but do you think, do you think the artists should do a better job of, of putting across what they're really trying to say? Is it something that? people are missing on purpose, right? And they just want to hear the words and not the story. I think it's just or, difficult or to really happen? pull off. Uh, it's difficult to make, especially back in the nineties, you know, when you had to sell music, 
Mm-hmm. Um, it seems a little bit different nowadays, but definitely in the nineties, it was, you were on a label and you needed to sell music to get your point out across, you know, there wasn't that, all these different outlets. So you kind of, I mean, it's just like the same stuff we deal with. It's the balancing act of show up to work. How mad are you going to be that day? <laughs> are you going to wait for someone to engage you? <laughs> are you going to engage your coworker? You know, it's, it, there's a lot of pressure that's put on a person of color when something like this happens, specifically a black man when the black man is shot. Yeah. I mean, and I feel like the artists have always tried to burden that as best as they can to make something marketable to sell as well as you got to kind of tell your story too and stay true to yourself, but you can't be a hundred percent true. If you, I mean, you can, but you might not, you might be a dead press. Yeah. You might put out an album and then you're back on mixtape circuit. And you know, luckily they had some mixtape, like a, a platform to throw a mixtape out mm-hmm. to listen to some of the music after that. Because again, if you listen to let's get free, there's a lot of topics on there that are as relevant today as they were 20 years ago. And it's, it's hard for me to even think those albums are 20 years nowadays. Yeah. You know, yeah. black on both sides is 1999. Yeah. And he has a song on there called Mr. Nigger. Yes. And it's like, yeah, as soon as I board the plane, it's <laughs> all eyes <laughs> on me. Don't, I mean, yeah. it, it, I was telling my wife, it was like, you know, every fashion, even fashion choices are, are through, like look through through a lens of how do I want the world to perceive me because I'm not going to be perceived the same as everyone else. Yeah. 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 It's interesting too, because there's like, not everybody is in hip hop for the same reason. Like you were mentioning the the conscious rappers that we all have agreed and we all kind of, I think bonded because the fact that we listened and loved that type of music, but not everybody's in hip hop for that, both artists and consumers. Um, And there's always going to be a market for that rapper to come out and put out just something somebody want to dance to or something somebody just want to party to. Ain't going to be much thought to it. Ain't going to change your life. and Ain't going to change your perspective. But um, and there will always be and it always has been. So Mm -hmm. I just think that there needs to be a a move to where these more conscious rappers are getting more light than they do right now. Yeah. Yeah. And like you mentioned with Dead Prez, it's almost a feel like they're being purposely drowned out yeah Mm -hmm. they were trying to wake him too much Mm -hmm. i mean luckily Chappelle kept them around you know he was big on pushing dead prez music Mm -hmm. yeah and so i mean i think that got them out a lot even just to get their point across if it wasn't even to sell music at least people did hear it yeah no doubt yeah and to chris's point i think you know that's uh most deaf did say sometimes I don't want to be a soldier. Sometimes I want to be a man. Like you shouldn't always have to uh, always have to be on the affront of, I have to teach everyone or I have to explain everything. Like sometimes, yeah, I do want to dance because it's Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there at least hip hop has left that lane open, but that should be continued as well. Yeah. But I do want to hear more dead press. Like on, on Dave Chappelle's kind of stuff, you know, on whenever Kevin Hart can drop some, some dead prayers or look up some Kendrick, maybe hook up with them and, you know, put out some conscious music as well. That is fire. Like what? Pimp, to pimp a butterfly. There's yeah. some slappers on there. Uh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, that King Kuta track just goes hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a bone to pick. <laughs> well, so it's funny. Matt kind of mentioned 
you know, I think what the three of us all go through, you know, as professionals, black professionals, like male professionals, um, yeah. double consciousness, double consciousness. So W.E.B. Du Bois, you know, talks mm-hmm. about this, you know, and essentially to break it down is essentially as a black man, do we uh, assimilate to our culture, our black culture, or do we assimilate or try to assimilate to the culture of, you know, quote unquote, the man? Right. And how do we advance for ourselves and our family in this duality of consciousness? Right. To stay true to ourselves, but at the same time, advance on a professional level, which may not accept, you know, our true selves. Um, So that's something that I know I deal with on a on an everyday basis. Um, And so Matt brought up uh, getting on a plane. And so I felt like I had to bring up this, this J. Cole verse uh, from Sideline Story. Right. And, um, and you guys know this, but the world doesn't know this. And I travel quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's funny because I travel all the time. And so I've racked up enough miles where essentially I, I sit first class wherever I go. And it's not because I bought the first class ticket. It's because it, it's because I got miles, right? It's because my job sends me all over the place. And and it's funny though, because you know, first time, right, every time I sit first class, somebody, are you are you a rapper? Are you a <laughs> are you an athlete? You Let me see your NPC. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, so so J Cole has this verse. And it makes me think about it every time I sit in first class. Up in first class, laugh even though it's not funny. See a white man wonder how the fuck I got money. While he sit at coach, hate to see me walk past him. Young black, pan sack, headphones blasting. Know what he asking? How did he manage? With all the cards against him, he used them to his advantage. Slang we be speaking probably sound like Spanish. They, then I fuck their heads up when a nigga show manners. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, like, whenever whenever I fly, you know, it's funny because, you know, I, you know, I go to these places. Sometimes I have to wear, you know, sometimes I have to dress up, whatever. Go to a meeting. You know, I work in the sports world, so I have the advantage of wearing sweats and a t-shirt and you know, playing it off kind of thing. But it's always funny because I always wonder about that when I'm traveling. I think about that quote because I travel. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm cra- if I'm traveling across the world, I'm traveling in my sweats. I don't care, right? Like I'm wearing my sweats, triple X. I'm six two, two fifty, right? I'm getting comfortable. Uh, <laughs> you know, an eight to ten hour flight. Yeah. Uh, so, but at the same time, you know, so it, it does cross my mind. Like, what are these people thinking about me? As yeah. you know, I'm sitting in first class. I can be walking to the gym with my hoodie on triple X hoodie, Trayvon Martin style, well, Trayvon mm-hmm. triple X, but you know, hoodie up, uh, headphones blasting. And I can be walking to the gym and I'm crossing the street and I'm wondering what do people think about when they see me crossing the street in my hoodie? And I could be listening to gospel music. You're way bolder than talk. me. <laughs> way, way bolder than me. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I mean, if, and so it's like, that double consciousness is always like that thought of like trying to stay true to myself. Cause yeah. I love my, you know, I'm going to listen to my hip hop. I'm going to wear my triple X hoodies. 
and sweatpants. But at the same time, like J. Cole says, I fuck the heads up when a nigga show manners. Like, I'll be the first one to try to open a door for somebody, oh, yeah. uh, you know, help somebody out in need whenever they need it. You've been to 50 plus countries. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> all kinds of different stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I probably dealt with, yeah, I've dealt with <laughs> more, more cultures than most, <laughs> right? Right. You know, they won't know that I tried to start a men's group uh, for people, yeah. for men who got out depression. That's, that's always the problem with, um, you know, living in this world a lot, that the categorization, the the need to put someone in a box immediately just to understand where they're coming from. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah, the hoodie is that, like, I'm sure you get a lot of those. Hmm, I wonder what he does. Yeah. They don't yeah. think you're a brain surgeon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I'm not, by the way, but uh, but they don't give me the benefit of the doubt. That's not something they're going to think about. Yeah. yeah. It's it's unfortunate because uh, we never get to truly express ourselves. I think unless we're amongst each other. Yeah. Uh, like you. <laughs> Let me let my hair down. Uh, yeah, 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 no doubt. Yeah, like, no, now I can be me. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Shipping yeah. wonderful. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. No longer I've been pinning that up inside. Good guy. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and I'm trying to remember who said it, and I want to say it was James Baldwin, but please forgive me if I misquote. But he said that no, if you see a black man, chances are he's acting. Um, yeah. And that's, that's essentially what we're doing on a daily basis is we're acting. We have to, we're the only... I don't want to say the only, but we're probably the most notable uh, that we just can't be ourselves, that we have to appease, even to a, a degree, we have to appease ourselves to each other. Uh, when people see us dressed up and yeah. walking through with suits and everything, there's a conception or mm-hmm. a perception going the other way. And they're just like, oh, OK, yeah. look at this dude. And you want to be to him like, nah, man, like I'm with you. This is just what I got to do to get by. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's. Yeah, it's I'll never, exhausting. I'll never forget when I was watching Fresh Prince a while, a while back. Yeah. And, and Will was hanging out with he was hanging out with the crew in Philly. And one of the dudes was like, Ooh, that dude just used a school word. <laughs> I was like, yeah, what? <laughs> that goes right to Chris's point of like, yeah, you gotta appease everyone, even your own crew, even your own people. <laughs> yeah. That's that's deep. That's real talk for all, for all. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's 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 crazy, you know, the world that we're living in and that is not changing. And I mean, I just always go back to hip hop, like I said before, has been trying to tell us this for forever. Now we're starting to see, especially with social media, um, leaders in hip hop. Like you talked about Killer Mike and his mm-hmm. statement, right? Yeah. Uh, T.I. was next to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, T.I., you know, he's another interesting dude. He's always, yep. you know, been one to kind of speak up in his music and use his voice in his platforms. Yeah, to, definitely as a recent, as he's gotten older, I think mm-hmm. he just probably kind of had to fill a lane that he saw was void and, and just be authentic. He had enough. I, I always say that, too. It's like, I can't wait to the point I have fuck you money. Yeah. Someone can't take anything away from me. Like, I don't need uh. that. I can be myself because what are you going to do to me? You can't do anything yeah. to me because you can, you can take stuff from me now, which definitely yeah. hurts me and my family. And as a That's provider, like you know, yeah. It was just like, no, I'm not going to do it that way. Yeah, right. I have to do it that way. No, yeah. okay, fine. Yeah. I'm Thank out. You. And I'm going to come back. 
10 years later, <laughs> still get drop fire from Netflix and say what I want to say. Yeah, I never changed. Look at you, Comedy Central, looking that <laughs> stupid right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, so well, I'm, I'm working on that too, hopefully. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, I'll be TI one day and I just, like, you know, I can I, I shed it all. <laughs> I got enough now. <laughs> well, so it's interesting because I think that leads me to two artists that I want to talk about who I feel have kind of played two different roles, but both have that fuck you money and um, are playing it to their advantage in different ways. And so I'm going to throw both of them out to you. I'm going to throw both of them to you guys and you guys can come back at me with either both or however you want to approach it. On one hand, you have Little Wayne. Little Wayne has, has in the past said, you know, I don't see racism. Um, and even with um, past incidents, he's kind of hinted that uh, the black folks in these incidents should have been more wary of their circumstances. Um, and so on one hand, you to me, it's like you don't see racism because you have that fuck you money. Like, you're in control of the situation. Right. Like if, when you walk into a bank, like no banker is going to turn you down because you have the money that dictates the terms of the agreement that you're about to lay forth. Even right? if you're looking like Jimi Hendrix and a clown came together and they dressed them <laughs> blindly. <laughs> uh, uh, this tile work. No, put it on your head. Yeah, your head. Yeah, exactly. oh, okay. <laughs> Because wow. money talks, right? Like nobody's gonna tell Lil Wayne no. Like yeah, he was in a commercial with looking like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <exactly>. commercial. <laughs> and then you have someone like Jay Z, who has a different kind of fuck you money. He's like fuck you. I'm gonna call the mayor of Minneapolis, right? And so there's I like I never would have thought I'd hear somebody uh, a hip hop artist. <laughs> Calling the mayor of a, a major city to give them their opinion on the circumstances that are going down in the black community, right? And then you, you also see Jay Z, um, you know, and his his you know relationship with the NFL is interesting because you know he at first told everyone to boycott the NFL's halftime show because of cap, you know. Um, and he was in full support of Cap. And then next thing you know, he's in a partnership with the NFL. And, you know, he got a little bit of pushback behind that. And he went on to say, you know, basically, you know, I'm doing this to essentially solve the problem from within. But, I mean, you got two dudes who got Uber Bank, right? And they're approaching the situation in different ways in terms of, like, how it affects them, which I think is incredibly interesting. And, and also, not only two dudes who have a lot of money, but you're talking about two of the, I think a lot of people would say two of the top, at least top 10 artists in hip hop, right? Two incredibly influential people in hip hop. Yeah. Uh, who was it? It was Charles Barkley, I think, back in his playing days. He was like, I don't want to be a role model. Man, you took the words out of my mouth, Chris. <laughs> Preach. He said, I want to be a role model. And, and truthfully, we shouldn't look for all of us to be the voice. I mean, granted, we all have a voice, and we would yeah. hope that we all use it to, to speak to our advantage. Um, 
but not all of us are going to, and not all of us should. So mm-hmm. it's it's dope. For one, uh, I mean, shout out uh, B for you know kind of putting this together and giving us this to right. to put our voice out there. Uh, but some people, and granted, I don't by no means am I you know, uh, agreeing with what he said or like some of the comments that Kanye West have said have said before. Um, but we shouldn't look for everybody to be uh, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Martin for sure. Nelson Mandela. They can't. Right. It's just not. It's not in them. They're not coming that cloth. So they can have their statements. We can respond, but by no means should we ever let it trip up our movement. So yeah. And the what I think it's interesting what Chris just said with those three figures. They're very different in the way they have approached the yeah. all the situations that they've been in, and that kind of just speaks a little bit to Little Wayne and. Jay-Z, they're different artists. Like, In fact, I wouldn't expect Lil Wayne to do that. That doesn't seem like that's in his lane. Yeah. From the music that I've heard out of him, <laughs> I just don't expect that out of Dedication 5 Carter. The other Carter, I do expect that out of Sean Carter. <laughs> because Sean Carter's kind of been going that direction anyway. I mean, it just fits his... He's been staying true to, the, I guess, his music. You know, it sounds like he's been kind of growing towards that. Mm-hmm. And even in a reasonable doubt, he's been he's been dropping knowledge. I mean, it's little bits here and there, and you can just see his maturity. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No say the maturity of Jay Zz. <laughs> 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 so I mean, at forty plus years old, I'm I'm proud of. Him. I would expect that out of someone his caliber. Yeah. No do, do you guys uh, <clears throat> believe in the cancel culture? In terms of should hip hop artists, um, athletes, whoever it might be, be held accountable on the entertainment side of their of their worth for what they put out on Instagram, Twitter, their comments. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, should comments like Lil Wayne be reverberated, or should they just be taken for what it's worth and keep his music? On rotation. Uh, me personally, uh, I, I I don't want to be in a in a world where a difference of opinion means, and if it's you know seconded by enough people, that all of a sudden I can't speak no more. Uh, you can have your opinion, and I can disagree with it, and I can take my own individual action, just like we talked about last episode. Kanye came out and said what he said. I was yeah. like, all right, dog, I can't listen to you no more. <laughs> uh, but to take it on a national stage to be like, yeah, no, he needs to be like ostracized. That's, that's, that's going too far. Like this yeah. difference of opinion. We're going to continue to have that for all of our existence. And right. yeah, you can't, and not, don't get me wrong. There are some circumstances where, yeah, go ahead and need a Brown that person, but, <laughs> but, but it's, it, not to say that we're, we've gotten too sensitive, but I also think that we also need to continue to allow the different stuff to be able to accept that. And yeah, on. and I think that allows growth, too. I mean, like what you said with Jay-Z is like he's been questioned for his stance back and forth, you know, with the NFL. But Jay-Z, he seems like a person that probably isn't putting all his information out on Instagram. He might be he might be old school enough where it's I yeah. don't need to appease you for that. I don't want to tell you my business. You know, this, this seems like snitching on myself. What if I do something wrong? Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> so maybe he's a part of that. And so like for his opinions to change or his stances to change, I would like to believe there's something behind that with maybe just growth instead of just 
mon- money, you know, or monetary value. Maybe you saw yeah. something fit where it's like, oh, okay, I can see this making more sense for us as a people with an S and not a C. You know, let's for focus sure. on on that sense. So, yeah, I mean, but then I'd also like to see that happen naturally. So, like what Kanye's doing, it seems like you know, you're. <laughs> I think Ti called him out a little bit and said, you know, yeah, I can't rock with that. I don't care what anyone else does. I can't rock with that. And so, yeah, nope, I can't rock with that either. I mean, and I think it's I think his music is suffering from it too. So it's just hand in hand. Like I, I mean, I'm not gonna go to a Kanye show unless he can show me he can put on a show again. Yeah, yeah. Who's who's the other dude? Uh, ASAP Rocky. Mm. Uh, when he came yeah. out and made some statements, uh, I haven't listened to any of his music since. <laughs> really? uh, yeah, no, no. I don't. I don't play that, man. I, I can't <laughs> financially support you. I can't put money in your pocket to continue to give you the platform to go up and make them ignorant ass statements. <laughs> that. That's irresponsible on my part. I can't do that. So you come out and you do, you say some crazy shit. Just know that whatever my streams mean to you, dog, and it probably don't mean much. But so the five cents that you're getting from my stream, yeah. from my streams from Spotify, you ain't getting them, son. It used, to, it used to be more hurtful back in the day. Yeah, I know. Like my, yo, nine ninety nine. Yeah, gone, dog. No, I know, right? no more. Angelo yeah, CDs, eighteen ninety nine. Shit. <laughs> How hard it was to scrap up eighteen ninety nine to go yeah. get that red man? Damn. See, I gave you my hard earned money. Now yeah, I, I had to pre order that mug. <laughs> you know what it was like? Layaway. Too, layaway. Like, yeah, I was gonna say layaway. <laughs> back in the day when you used to have the landline phone and you do the hard hang up, now that shit's gone. You can't slam the phone no more. Like I want to slam the phone on ASAP Rocky and Kanye West, but I can't. Right. <laughs> I know how do I how do I uh I am in with the emphasis. Yeah, just like emphasis <laughs> doesn't have the same sting. No, that hard name. <laughs> oh man, yeah, fellas. I mean, I, I appreciate this conversation. You know, um, like I said before, all of all three of us, professional black men in our respective industries trying to figure out our lanes um, and society and in our professions. Um, you know, for me, you know, uh, it's, you know, it's crazy because my son was born yeah. mm-hmm. uh, the day all this went down. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, congrats, son. He's going to be stronger for it. Yeah. But, you know, you start to, you start to think like, Damn, I might, I might have to have these conversations. Like, what yeah. age do you have? You know, I have a six and a half year old daughter, and today I had to start having conversations with her. Yeah. And and I've kind of had those conversations with her in the past, um, but it starts to get serious. And you know, she you know she only cared so much. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's it's just it's just interesting, you know, the spot that we're put in. Always. To try and move move relations and the situation forward yeah it's interesting too you was like we try to figure out our lane um i think we know our lane i think we know our worth i think we know our intelligence i think we know our contributions to society and the respective businesses we work for it's just these fools won't let us merge um and i think that's the issue um and i think that that's kind of what you see uh, in some of these 
interactions with law enforcement or interactions with civilians and our response to, to those interactions is we know what we contribute to this country uh, and it's not being seen and respected by certain parties. Uh, and they respond in a certain way and we in turn respond in a certain way. So it's, I don't know. It's like you touched off at the beginning, man. It's just yeah. a roller coaster of emotions. I, I started off kind of speaking emotionally and now I'm getting angry. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. that's, yeah. But that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, because at the end, of, you know, you can only be hurt for so long. And you're like, you know what? Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm going to come back stronger. <laughs> and now I'm getting angry to fuel <laughs> that fire. <laughs> and and yeah. Trevor Noah, actually, he did, a, he did an interesting thing on um, he has this like, you know, he's been trying to do the daily show with the pandemic going on. And so he's been having yeah. his spots, but it seems like he's been more gravitating towards, you know, uh, speaking towards situations. Um, not so much in the news or whatnot, but this one definitely caught his attention speaking out for, for black people. And he didn't mention that, you know, this time is, it's interesting because this is like, it feels like the social contract is broken. It's, it's been feeling like that for a while, but you can actually see the contract broken. Mm. Like, yeah. With the actions of those police officers, and so, yeah, we just gotta get that contract amended. It's time for negotiations. <laughs> for sure. What will they say? Negotiations. <laughs> time for that. <laughs> We're free agents. Let's let's negotiate. <laughs> and I mean, I think now's the time, man. You know, going back to the protests. You know, I, I don't. I don't know how I feel about the violence again, because I don't know where it's coming from, like who's really instigating it. So it's hard for me to speak on the violence that's been going on during the protests uh, because I don't know what the intentions are behind it. Right. Um, but I will say like, I do think those radical images are what leads to radical change for better or worse. Um, you know, throughout history, whenever changes have been made, it's because radical things have taken place and a lot of it has been amongst uh within the communities right within the countries and the societies and the cultures that have demanded change and um you know whether it's been instances situations that have happened to them um that the world was able to see and they were like damn these people are speaking truth they're not just you know talking about their place in society because that's what black people do, right? They feel unjust and now people are able to see it. Um, and it's our response to these situations. And we got to get more people involved. It can't just be the black okay. community. Because, you know, unfortunately, it looks like every time, whenever we say something, it sounds like we're complaining to the, to the masses, right? They think we're just complaining for nothing because they don't see it, see it. They don't feel it. They don't get that anxiety yeah, uh, when you get pulled over from, uh, by a police officer you know, that you have to show your hands at all times. Matter of fact, man, I'm at the point <clears throat> where if I ever get pulled over again, as I'm reaching for my wallet, you know, the ID, insurance, and everything else, I'm hitting record. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I've always <laughs> been under the impression you do that within the three minutes before that officer gets there. So you better have all your paperwork out. Ready to go. Yeah, but I'm saying I'm having all that plus the record button. Like, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. like, you yeah. got, so everyone knows now, like, yeah. if, it, if something goes down, check my phone, call Samsung, 
uh, uh, call Sprint, Sprint, T-Mobile, whoever has access to my phone. Uh, if I die by the hands of an officer, you have full permission to access that recording to see how it went down. Uh, and because unfortunately, I feel like that's part of the process. But you know, to go back to my original point, you know, that's not that doesn't have to be everybody's process. And but at the same time, we need them to get a sense of how we feel. Um, and they have to respond accordingly with us, alongside us. Yeah. The, the unfortunate piece, too, is, is kind of going on to your point, and not to go off on a tangent, but unfortunately, they have to feel what we feel in order for them to respond the way we respond. And I kind of tie it to back when crack was ravaging Black neighborhoods, and it was, oh, this is horrible, put them all in jail, we're going to do drug laws and all that other nonsense. Fast forward to today and the opioid epidemic where it's hitting a lot of different pockets of the country. And now it's more empathy. Now it's, yeah. oh, maybe we should get them therapy. Let's not, let's not just throw them in jail. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's it, now that it's hit their kids and their fathers and their mothers, it's mm-hmm. let's change the conversation. And not to say that I want their kids and their fathers and their mothers to, to go through what we've had to experience, but it just kind of goes to show the inability for them to see it through our lens until it, it's in their backyard. Yeah. Do you, can I end this with one more J. Cole lyric to speak to exactly, to speak to exactly what Chris just said? Yeah. Is J. Cole's album of the year freestyle. And he says, you think niggas getting fat, pitching crack? Not really. This is not the 80s. Don't be silly. Now we push pills and sell hair on to Billy. Now Billy, now Billy Mama wants the judge to pardon his addiction. How many black addicts that got caught up in the system with no sob stories on your primetime television? I can smell a blatant contradiction. Yeah. And so, yeah, does it? I mean, that goes to exactly to Chris's point. Once it, once that pandemic, you know, in air quotes, hits the white community, the the conversation changes. Yeah. So, all right. So, any final thoughts before we kick it over to the final segment of the day? Nah, now I'm going to go ahead and uh, turn back into David Banner real quick because. <laughs> <laughs> We don't need no Hulk smash. The, the, the jean pants were Lou Ferrigno was turning green. So. <laughs> well, I mean, I always try to end it on a, a note of positivity and some hope. And I was feeling a little hopeless earlier, but just the fact that we were able to speak about Jay-Z and Lil Wayne even being, you know, people that can shift the, the landscape enough to call a mayor. I mean, I, I can't remember when that was a possibility. I, I can't remember when Tupac could call somebody and be like, that's <laughs> happening. <laughs> I'm going to call. <laughs> so, I mean, that that's, there is some progression. It, it's just so damn slow. And so, <laughs> for sure. I guess we just got to like what Killer Mike said, man, we got nothing except for strategize, mobilize, <laughs> come together as much as you can, get your money right. I mean, that's one thing that Pac told me. Don't go to war without your money right. I'm starting to get my money right, and I'm starting to want war. Failure. All right. So we every week we 
pass along some songs which you're rocking to. Uh, this week, we decided to take on the task of some songs with a message, right? That kind of going back to this whole podcast of what we've been talking about and which hip hop artists or which songs really kind of pass along the message and to not just listen to the songs, but to dive into the lyrics and really, so you can, I mean, the song, it might be a dope song, but there is something in there that you need to be listening to. Um, And so we're gonna go around and give a couple of tracks that we think you guys should be listening to. Uh, Just to remind everybody, all these songs will be uploaded onto the Run CMB podcast playlist. Um, just spell it out just like that, Run CMB podcast playlist. You can catch that on Spotify. Might be the dopest playlist on Spotify these days. Uh, so yes. definitely check that out. And um, of course, um, yeah, just keep rocking with us. So Chris, I'll get you, i have you kick it off. What, what you got for us this week? I got three songs, um, and it should not come as a surprise to anybody, but Polly is in there. <laughs> I'm going to have that whole playlist flooded with Quali. Uh And truthfully, when we, went, when we did the Versus episode, uh, there were a couple of, uh, one in particular conscious song that he had on there that I'm not going to duplicate on the playlist, so I'll select from his uh, from his discography, but he he's one of those rappers, kind of like you, you mentioned earlier, that has maintained that level of consciousness throughout his entire career. Uh, and has managed to balance that with just being a dope-ass rapper. So uh, he has a track on quality called Where Do We Go? Um, and it's more of a an emotional song. It's, it's more of a, the, he voices kind of the frustrations of some of the experience of Black people in America. Um, then they, another one he did a, I don't want to call it a mixtape, but I'm call it a mixtape, but um, Indy 500. And he has a track on there called um, Which Side Are You On? Yep. Which is basically uh, a call for people to start speaking up, rappers included. Uh, and I, I personally have struggled with the balance between how vocal do I get and risk you know, employment, livelihood, uh, comfortability. Yeah. And at some point you have to, you have to share that. And that yeah. song really kind of was that extra hand in the back to say, all right, you, you got to start speaking out. So sure. um, what is it? Silence is complicity. Uh, complicity. Yeah. So, uh, and then the last song is uh, T.I. off of Us or Else, Warzone. Uh, and one. just, again, kind of speaking to what we experienced and um, through our lens, the experience of being a black man uh, in America. So uh, definitely give those songs a slow, methodic listen and uh, hopefully come away with a with a different viewpoint. Nice, Matt. What you got for us? Um. Well, yeah. I mean, this weekend it was tough, so I did go back to some of the guys I I had to put on that most diff. Umi says, and that definitely just made me feel a lot better. It made me feel like I wasn't alone because I did have a roller coaster of emotions with. And it kind of touches. Chris kind of touched on it, like. What am I doing? Do I get involved? Do I have to do this? Like I have to, I have to speak up right now. And you know, I also it was Saturday, and I had a plan to, you know, paint my house, <laughs> kind of stuff. So yeah. that was big on my list. And I was like, oh, I got, I got to get to the side. And it's like, why does it have to? Because mm-hmm. I'm black. Because I have to shoulder all the burden. And so Umi says, kind of just speaks to that a little bit to me. And it was, 
it seemed like it was just so natural for most of, I don't think even real like to the song he says I didn't write this down I just have to tell you how I feel right now yeah you know? for sure you know um, I mean I want all people to get free I want black people to get free I mean yeah. that speaks to pretty much everything I've always been about I've always been about inclusion and helping everyone else out at the same token I mean that means me it means our people black people need to get free we need to get help no, we can't have you know that contract be violated for us all the time. So that song just made me feel better. <laughs> Maybe, and it took some of the edge off of it too because it, I find myself getting upset again too. Get <laughs> like angry, <laughs> and it took some of the edge off, and it made it just seem like yes, this is probably going to be a struggle for your whole life, but you you're, you can do it. You can continue to fight that good fight. So then that song is very interesting because I'm going to say another song that 16 Shots by Vic Mensa which is a young kid um, and that was earlier in his career. So he was, he was pretty young, I think. Um, and that song is just super, it, it, it kind of tells the tale of a young man that's gunned down by the hands of a police officer um, in Chicago. And, and the story is too true. It, it, it's relatable today as it was relatable four years ago. So um, I remember the first time I heard it, it was gripping then it's, it was gripping today. Um, I heard that after I listened to killer Mike's speech. So, um, it did add some resolve to that because in that, you know, that's the anger. That's that what, if you watch killer Mike's speech, you can see that he was built up with a well of emotion. And so like, that's that emotion. And I think, yeah. uh, Vic Mensa put it down well for a young kid for something that didn't get national attention that it speaks to this is happening all the time. It's just, you're seeing a riot today, yeah. you know, this weekend, but this is happening all the time. It's happening too much. And so, those two songs, um, I mean, anything by Dead Prez, I think off that first album, that'll help you get your mind correct as well as anything Killer Mike and uh, Run the Jewels as well. Um, you know, I, I think there's some socially conscious songs in there as well. Um, but I think that does show like showcase Killer Mike's um, depth. Um, he, he's, he's an amazing human being. So listen to his catalog. Sure. But on beef, will you throw yours out there? I just want to throw in one more. Um, yeah. And I feel like all of my songs kind of spoke to us as the victim, and, and I, and granted, we have been throughout our history in this country, but damn it, we we are proud and powerful people too. So I wanted to throw a song of that nature out there, um, X Clan, Grand Verbalizer, um, and shout out to my girl who put me onto that. But uh, they were kind of an under the radar uh, conscious group back in the day, but they really kind of spoke to black power um and black excellence and that song um just something to to make uh let us know that we we're not just victims um we're kings and queens gonna we're gonna defeat this so um so yeah just my bad for cutting in but uh no that's 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 a a a good addition Uh, it makes me think of the song this one and maybe we need to add this to the playlist but I didn't have this on my um, on my list, but New Africa. But yeah, so I got a few um, uh, brackets by J. Cole, you know, quoted J. Cole mm-hmm. a couple of times today, but just that sec, even just that second verse on brackets on his KOD album, you know, it basically, I mean, he goes into a lot of things, but you know, he, he talks uh, about how the how the 
winners use white out to white out their sins, essentially, <laughs> essentially in history books. Right. And um, I think that's, you know, a very, very telling comment in itself. Yeah. Um, public enemy is harder than you think. Uh, and basically it's talking about being a black man is harder than you think. <laughs> um, and so I'll probably, the original goes a little harder, but for the sake of this argument, I'll probably put the remix on there because the remix tones down the bass a little bit and the words are a little clearer. And again, I think these are songs that we want people to actually listen to. Yeah. Right? Um, uh, talked about them before, but Crooked Eye, I mean, the whole, I mean, you can probably go through at least two thirds of his catalog and find a couple songs. Yeah. Um, but the MAGA continues. Mm. The title, yeah. title, the title says, <laughs> says it all. Says it all. Beating around the bush there. Yeah. <laughs> get, get straight to the play. Um, and I got two more. Uh, Jolly Badasses, uh, Land of the Free. Okay. Uh, you know, in the chorus, he says three uh, Ks in America, yeah. and so, and we're talking about the spelling, right? Uh, so that you know, that should tell you where that song goes. And uh, Jay Z's "The Story of OJ," and yes. to me, that song is super interesting. Just to give a little back story on that, if you ever seen the documentary "Made in America," the OJ Simpson doc. Or even I think uh, FX put out the O.J. Simpson trial uh, movie. O.J. Simpson was famous, infamous for constantly saying, "I'm not black, I'm O.J." Yeah. Uh, and you know, saying like he didn't see race and nobody saw him as black. Everyone sees him as O.J. And this song basically says like, if you are a black man in America, like no matter what you think. When you walk out that door, society sees you as a black man in America. So um, I thought that was an interesting sign as well. So definitely looking forward to updating um, the playlist this week. Again, Run CMP podcast playlist. Please do share this playlist or this podcast, I should say, with your people. Share the playlist again. I mean, I, I I listen to that playlist constantly. Uh, so the playlist is is legit. It's got some heat on there for sure. Uh, a couple shout outs on our socials. You can find us on Facebook at Run CMB Podcast. Find us on Twitter at CMB underscore Run, and you can find us on Instagram at Run CMB Podcast. So be sure to follow us on all three platforms. Again, spread the word spread this if nothing else man if you don't listen or don't share any other of our podcasts because it talks about music hopefully you share today's podcast as we do talk a little bit about music but again we talk about being black professionals in today's society so that being said to my fellas have a good one stay safe be well look forward to uh hopping back into actual music next week hopefully <laughs> yes hopefully yeah, yeah hopefully they keep our people safe <laughs> for a week and we talk yeah. about some music going forward but you guys be easy and uh talk to you guys soon all right all right y'all